Good morning. It's, it's bonus Sunday. So you may ask what I'm talking about. There's been 52 Sundays so far. This is the 53rd Sunday, so we get a bonus one. So this is bonus Sunday. And I, I really believe that God has allowed this year to linger just one more Sunday so that we could share this message together today. Uh, my name is Ryan, and I'm the Next Steps pastor. But for the first 20 years of my life, I saw myself as a wrestler. An all-star wrestler. I was an all-star. I wanted to be like Hulk Hogan, right? I, I loved wrestling. I wanted to be big and buff like him. My dad and I would do all the flexes, you know. We'd get all these things going. We'd, we'd start busting. We'd act like we're tearing our shirts, and we couldn't because we weren't strong enough. But, but I wanted to be like Hulk Hogan because his muscles. But I wanted to be like my dad, too, because he had big muscles. And I can remember the vein that he had. And I thought, man, I want a big vein like that. So my dad got me some weights at age 12 and... I started pumping iron, you know, getting huge, and uh, I started lifting weights, but, you know, when I was young, I wanted to be strong like my dad, but as I got into my 20s, I wanted to be strong like him because he became a strong spiritual man. I think he's watching. Uh, it's his anniversary today. I love you, Dad. Happy anniversary. Um, I didn't grow up in a Christian home, and he came to Christ later, and he's probably bawling like I am. Um, but he prayed for me for a long time, and when I became, got in my 20s, I wanted to be a Christian man like he did, a strong Christian man. And so um, I think my desire to be strong like my dad caused me to want to learn about other strong Christian leaders, um, not physically, but spiritually. And as I, as, I, as I read my Bible, I love to read about strong spiritual leaders, um, Men that I strive to be like, and one of them that I strive to be like in the Bible is Joshua. Who do you strive to be like? I strive to be like a man in the Bible by the name of Joshua. I want you to turn in your Bibles to Joshua chapter 1. And as you do so, let me, let me tell you a little history about this guy named Joshua. Joshua from the nation of Israel was a man who was born into slavery. He was born into slavery during the time the Israelites... Uh, we're in slavery of, of Egypt for 400 years. If you remember, if you've read in the Old Testament, you see that Moses, God appeared to Moses in a burning bush, told him to go free my people. And so God freed the Israelites. Joshua would have been one of those who was freed. And he became a leader under Moses. And I loved it as I read about the strength of him. He showed strength. If you remember, Moses said, uh, go into the, the promised land and check it out. Spy it out. See if it's something that we can conquer if it's something, if it's everything that God said it was going to be. And so uh, Moses and Caleb and 10 other guys went and, and Moses and Caleb, excuse me, Caleb and Joshua were the only two who came back with the strength to say, you know what, with God's help, we can go in. We can do this with God's help. And so through Joshua's story, we see the end of something. We see the end of Moses being the leader of the Israelites and we, we see the beginning of something where Moses hands off leadership to Joshua and says, hey, go, go lead the people into the promised land. And so as we end 2017 and as we begin 2018, I want us to take a look at how God spoke to Joshua. So if you're there now in Joshua chapter 1, let's take a look at the first nine verses. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then you and all these people get ready to crown the Jordan, uh, uh, cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. 
Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Let me pause in the scripture for a moment. Remember, Joshua is now without his leader. And I think he had moments where he thought to himself, do I have what it takes? And how am I going to know what to do? And, and I think that there was oftentimes that he was afraid. And I, I don't say that because I'm just guessing. I say it because what do you normally say to someone when they're afraid? Hey, don't be afraid. Be courageous. And we see in the scripture as we pick back up, God was all the time telling him not to be afraid. And so verses 6 and on, it says, Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I have days where I'm afraid like Joshua. I have days where I'm desperate for God's strength. I have days where I don't know what to do and I need his guidance. What about you? I don't want to be afraid. I, I, I don't want to be afraid in my life. And I remember it was a little over a year ago, Pastor Christian in his Family Strong series, if you remember, he challenged us to come up with a word. He challenged us to come up with a word that might describe the kind of life that we would want to live in 2017. What kind of uh, sp word would describe the spiritual life that you wanted? In mine, I came up with strength because I wanted to be strong. I wanted to be strong for God. My wife is, is pretty creative and she likes to make things and, and she made this and put this. This is a palette and she, she decorated and stuck it up high. It's about two stories up in our entryway and my brother-in-law and I about died putting it up, but we threw this up there, and it's got, it's got my word on the bottom and, and some of my family's words, but, but I wanted to be strong, and we have this in our entryway so we can remember. So my, my word for 2017 was strength, but it's going to be my word for 2018 as well because I need his strength again this year. So with that thought in mind today, I, I, want, I want to lead you through three steps to be strong and courageous in 2018. Wherever you are in your faith, I want to encourage you to be strong and courageous in your faith. So step number one, I want to encourage you to examine 2017 spiritually. Examine 2017 spiritually. You know, 2 Corinthians 13.5 says, Examine yourselves to see whether you're in the faith. Test yourselves. Now understand this verse mainly has to do with the fact that we should you know, look at ourselves to determine whether we have a relationship with Jesus, right? Do, do, am I a, a follower of Jesus? Have I given my life to him? But it also, I believe it's important on a regular basis that we would examine our life spiritually to see how we're doing. How's my life going spiritually? Am I close to him or am I far away? And I was laughing as I put this sermon together. Guess who preached the very first sermon of 2017? Yours truly. On January 1st. And guess what I told you not to do that day? I told you don't look back. But guess what I want you to do today? I want you to look back. I want you to look back at your 2017. I don't want you to, 
I don't want you to do so from the perspective that I want you to beat yourself up. I don't want you to put yourself in like this spiritual prison because you failed or you didn't, you, you didn't do all the things that you think God wanted you to do. I don't, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about just doing a, an analysis of this past year to examine your life spiritually to see how you can get stronger for 2018. How many of you have ever been lost in a mall? I've been lost in a lot of malls, and, and I'm like, where's my wife? I don't know how to, you know, she may even text me. I'm by this. I'm like, okay, where's the map? So I got to go find the map, right? I got to go find that place where it says you are here. And so I want you to do that. I want you to find out where you are spiritually. Literally, what, what is your current spiritual reality? Like, don't sugarcoat it. Just where are you? Where are you spiritually in your life? So how do you do that? How, how do you figure out where you are spiritually? I want you to do a SWOT of your life in 2017. You may not know what that is. It's a great tool. We actually use it as a staff. We use it to kind of assess how things are going on a weekly basis uh, as far as our Sunday services, things like that. A lot of businesses. I know we have business owners in here. You may use it to kind of analyze your business. So it's a great tool that you can use. But if you're not familiar with it, a SWOT is an, an acronym, S-W-O-T. Not the SWAT team, but the SWAT, right? So the S is for strength, and it's for you to look at what went well. Maybe, maybe as you look at your life, you realize, man, I, I read my Bible through this year. Th- that'd be a great strength spiritually that you had a chance to read through your Bible. Maybe this year you learned to listen to the voice of God. Remember just a few months ago, Pastor Christian led us through whispers, how to hear the voice of God and talked a lot about how it can be clogged up with all the things that can get in the way of us hearing from God. And so maybe this year you learned how to hear the voice of God. I can't think of a better spiritual strength. Uh, W is for weakness. What did you allow to get in the way of things that you planned on doing for God? What did you allow to get in the way of reading your Bible? I was going to do it, but man, I was going to do it and it didn't happen. Maybe I, man, I was going to get to church more often, but, I, but all these things got in the way. These, these would be some weaknesses. Maybe you were going to get in a small group. You just knew it. You were going to get in a small group. It's on your list. You were going to do it in 2017, but it's a weakness because you, you, you weren't able to get to any. The O is for opportunity. I believe God nudges us. I believe God gives us a nudge once in a while to, to help us listen to him, to draw closer to him, things he wants us to do. What were the things that God was nudging you to do? Or what do you feel like he's nudging you to do next year? Uh, And and, uh, that would allow you to be closer to the the Lord. Maybe it would allow you to have more impact for him. What are the opportunities that you know he is nudging you to do? Those would be opportunities. And then let me get a little serious for a moment. The T is for threat. The T is for threat. What, what sin have you allowed to creep into your life that if you're not careful, it could destroy you? Literally, you've allowed some things to creep in that if you continue this habit, it may literally destroy you. What temptation could cause you to lose your family or lose your job? What, what relationship is a threat? You might think, well, none. Ask your spouse. What relationship are you cozying up to, not realizing, but it's a threat and it could destroy your marriage? What habit do you have that's bordering on an addiction that could literally destroy your life? You, you, uh, you know what they say is the definition of insanity, right? 
doing the same thing over and over again and expecting to get different results. You might think, man, 2018 is going to be awesome. But you have no plans to do anything. In fact, you haven't even looked at 2017. You have no idea how to make it different. That's insanity, right? That's thinking it's going to be different, but not planning on doing anything really different. So I believe in trying to lead by example. I believe in being as transparent as possible. And so I want to give you a little glance at what my SWAT looked like for 2017. Just a glance, just a little bit of it. So as a strength, I was, I was man, as I started looking at it, I was really blessed to see how I think God is, is developing me as a leader. And not so much that he's developed me as a leader, he's developing, developing me as a learner. I think he made it real clear to me this year that he wants me to learn more. He wants me to continue to, to read things and spend time in my word so that he can develop me into the leader he wants me to be. But I think it was a strength that God opened my eyes to that. And then a weakness, I'd have to say, man, I, I wish I'd been more patient at times with my wife and my family. There were times that I would walk away from, a, from an interaction with, with my wife or with my kids, and I literally would go, man, why... Why didn't the worst come out in me in that situation? Like, I'm not proud of who I just was. Why did I allow the worst to come out with me? So, so I'm asking God to allow me to get better in that. I, I want my kids towards the end of the year to go, man, what has gotten into dad? This is great. And I'm looking for my wife. I, I'm looking for her to say, how are you doing? Back to my notes. <laughs> So she was in the front row in the first service, and I looked down at her. She didn't give me exactly the look that I was looking for. There was no wink. But, um, the O is for time, man. I'm, or the O is for opportunities. I, I'm really excited about the time that I have planned with my family. Like, I, I've been strategic this year in planning some time with my kids, and I can't wait for it. And I'm excited about the ministry that I believe God is going to be doing this year in some of our men's things and some of the women's things and some of the couples. I'm, I'm excited to be a part of what God's going to do in 2018. And then the threat, I have to be honest with you, I have to be careful to take my eyes off Jesus. I have to be careful not to. Right? Like, I don't want to rely on my own ability. I don't want to rely on myself and try to do it on my own power. I, want, I, I, I think that's a dangerous place to be. And I don't want that for me, and I, I don't want that for you. And so a threat would be that I would take my eyes off him. So step one, do a swat of your 2017. Look back, but do so in a way to get better for 2018. Step two, commit 2018 spiritually to the Lord. Maybe as you, you're beginning to do this swat in your head, you're realizing that some of the weaknesses or some of the threats that you know that you have are coming from the fact that, that your life was not or is not committed to the Lord. Right? And, and maybe you have a relationship with the Lord, but I'm talking about being committed. I'm not talking about just, yeah, I remember I, I said a prayer about nine years ago, but, but I'm not committed to the Lord. I'm talking about being committed to Him. And maybe, maybe you became a follower of Jesus at Christmas. And we're, we're, we're glad you're here, and we're glad uh, that you're saying, I, I want a desire to grow. We're here to help. We want to help you be committed to the Lord. So have you done this? Have you committed your life to the door? Uh, to the Lord, will you do this? Do you need to do this? You know, the Bible, which, which I believe is God's instruction book to us, tells us to commit. And one of the first verses I memorized was Proverbs 16.3, and it says, Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and your plans will succeed. I believe over and over God's Word tells us to commit to Him. And you might say, 
Well, isn't that easy, Ryan? And I'd say right back to you, I know. I know it isn't that easy. You know, early in my Christian walk, I had a, a lot of things pulling me away. And you're going you're gonna to get pulled in many different directions. When you get serious and you decide, you know what, Lord, I'm going to follow you. I want to love like you. I want to live like you. I want to I help others like you. When you decide to do that, you're going to get pulled in a lot of different directions. And early in my Christian walk, I had a lot of temptations and a lot of distractions. And they were pulling on me. They were pulling, trying to pull me away from church, trying to pull me away from, from being what God wanted me to be. And I found the strength um, to be committed through men's groups. I'd get guys around me that would help me. I found strength by being at church on a regular basis. You know, we wanted to be at church every time the doors were open, not because we had to, but because we wanted to. And it wasn't easy. But, but here, let me just give you a glance. Here is what commitment looked like. It was being willing to be different. When I gave my life to Christ at 23, I was the only one of my friends who was serious about Jesus. I was the only one who wanted to live for him. It was hard, but I was willing to be different. It was being willing to sacrifice time. I had friends who were, you know, we were in the business world now, and we were making money, and I had friends flying off to Cancun and flying off here, and we decided, you know what, what we're going to do with my week's vacation, we're going to go to youth camp because we want to pour into kids because we want to help them. And so we committed our time, and then... Um, we were willing to trust God with our money. As we read our Bibles, we started to read what God had to say about it and how we realized it's His. And He, he didn't want all of it. He just wanted us to give 10% to Him. And so we, we started tithing. And it was being willing to stop some destructive habits. Can I get really transparent for a moment? The things that make my wife and kids cringe a little bit when I do. But I had some habits in my life that were not very honorable to God. I drank a lot, and I did some things that I'm not proud of. And God, as I became a Christian, God started knocking on my heart about getting that out of my life. I've shared before that my grandpa had died of alcoholism when I was a few months old. So I knew there was some family history, but I, I, didn't, I did things that I wasn't proud of when I did that. And so almost 19 years ago, I got that out of my life because I didn't want it to destroy me. So I was willing to get some destructive habits out of my life. And then, you know, when I came to Christ, I was dating my now wife. And as I, again, as I read the Bible, I started to learn about things that the Bible tells us, hey, you know, don't do this. I started reading about sexual immorality and not being a stumbling block to others and trying to honor your, uh, you know, your maid and be pure. And I was doing it all wrong. We were staying at each other's house and we were being intimate when we shouldn't. And all of a sudden God was like, you need to stop that. And it wasn't easy. And I don't know everybody in this room, and I don't know your story, but maybe he's saying the same to you. But I know that I was willing to stop these habits because I wanted to be committed to him. So what does commitment look like to you this year? What does it look like to you? Do any of the things that I mentioned sound like things you need to commit to or things that you need to change? You know, God gave Joshua a challenge to stay committed to him. Did you see it in the scripture there? It was pretty straightforward. It was Joshua chapter 1, 7 and 8. It says this, Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. 
Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. And as I read this, oftentimes I'm trying to figure out how these things apply to me. I'm trying to figure out ways that I can, I can grow. And as I thought of this, maybe you remember a couple of years ago, there was an investment commercial. And this investment company would, would uh, in order to show people kind of the path for success, the path to financial independence, there would be this, this green arrow. This green arrow would lead them, as long as they would follow it, right, it would, it would lead them to financial uh, success. And as I thought about it, God is telling us He doesn't want us to go to the right or to the left. He doesn't want us to veer off path with Him. He wants us to stay committed to Him. And, and I can tell you, as I was growing in my faith, I'd be tempted and you know how I battled that temptation? I'd get in the Word or I'd be in church and I'd hear something that would kind of make me squirm in my seat. Anybody ever squirmed in their seat? Right? Those, those messages that are like, okay, Lord, I hear you loud and clear. You're, you're causing me to squirm, not because you're mad at me, but because you love me. Because you want what's best for me. And God wanted what was best for me. And God would say, Ryan, you've got to work on this. And he changed my life. And, and I, want you not, I don't want you to go to the right or the left. You've gotten too much trouble going to the right or the left. I want you to follow me. And so, did you see, he even added that Joshua's life would be prosperous and successful. So step two, commit your life to the Lord. Step three, establish 2018 spiritual priorities. Proverbs 20, 24 says a person's steps are directed by the Lord. So with this, this New Year's emphasis on, on steps to being strong and courageous in 2018, let me ask you, what are God's steps in your life? Like what's he moving you to do? Even as you sit there, what has he been prompting you to do? I, I, I've prayed about what he wants me to do, um, but I want to know what he wants you to do. And so uh, a couple of weeks ago at the men's gathering, I I challenged the men to come up with their priorities for 2018. And, and by the way, the next men's gathering, if you're in this room and you've not been to a men's gathering, we would love to have you there. It's January 9th at 6 a.m. or 6.30 p.m. We'd love to have you there as a group of men coming together in the morning for about 90 minutes or in the evening about 90 minutes. But I, I shared with them a message similar to this, and I asked them what their priorities were. And again, I've, I've prayed about mine. I believe this is what I, what God wants me to do. And so I'm actually kind of opening myself up. Some guys were laughing like, Ryan, you just told everybody your commitments for the year, so you've got like hundreds of accountability partners now. Great. Um, but, but these are the priorities that I need to focus on. Maybe they're what you do. I, I'm not sure. You need to ask God what, what he would have you to, to focus on in 2018. But these are the things that I'm going to do. I'm going to be in a small group. I'm going to be in a small group for, for growth, for, for uh, uh, friendship, I love to hang out with other guys, and for accountability, guys that will sharpen me, guys that will encourage me. So you may be here and you're, you're not sure how to get into a group, maybe, maybe you're not in a group, so I'd, I'd encourage you, we'd love to help you, but also next Sunday night at 6.30, we have what we call a test drive. I'd love to invite you. At the test drive, you kind of get a feel for what groups are like, and then we help you get into one. So I'd love for you to come next Sunday night at 6.30 here at the church, um, Child care, all those details, I'd love to have you. Secondly, I'm going to invite some people to church. I have, I'm going to invite someone to church, but I hope it's more than one. Right? Jesus told us, 
He commanded us to go into all the world, so I believe that we ought to invite someone. I'm going to invite some people to church. Number three, I'm going to listen to Christian podcasts and one book a month. I recently had lunch with a, a friend, and he kind, of, he kind of exposed me to, uh, I'm really not great at technology. You know, I'm kind of the laugh sometimes at the church as far as, uh, hey, you know, do you know how to run that? No. <laughs> um, you just hit the light switch. Oh, that's how that works. Um, but I, I don't, so he kind of exposed me how to, to listen to things on my phone. And it's like, man, I'm, I'm now learning and, and growing, and I'm going to do that. I'm going to listen to Christian podcasts, and I'm going to listen to some books on, on, uh, on audio. And I'm going to spend time with my wife and kids. Like I've got some scheduled time with my wife and kids this year. And I want to, on a weekly basis, have time with my wife and time with my kids. Number five, I'm going to pray on my knees at least once a week. This morning, I started the morning on my knees. And I, I don't do that all the time. I don't do it as much as I should. But I believe that I can do it at least once a week. Why? Because I think it's a reset. I think it's a chance to say, God, I'm here. I'm on my knees before you. What do you have for me? What would you have to say to me? What would you have me move in my life? I'm here. I'm quiet. I move distractions. I'm just here to listen to you. I'm going to read my Bible every day. You know, I've been uh, in ministry about 13 years now, and as I've talked to people, the number one thing that people say why they don't read their Bibles is they say they don't have time. I'm going to call baloney. I'm going to call baloney. Forgive me, but I'm going to call a baloney. Why? Because you and I know that we have plenty of time every day to do so. I bet if I went to your Netflix account, you're probably up to two hours a day. Maybe not. But you're probably getting your time in there. And if, the, if I was to look at how much time you log on other things, right, you're probably well, well over what you would probably spend time reading your Bible. So I want to encourage you. I'm going to read my Bible every day. I'll, I want to challenge you to do the same. And, and I'm going to take a vacation with my family. Why is this on there? Because I often I, I talk to people and they haven't done this in five years. And I just know that if you don't, you don't circle a week in your calendar and say, this is my family's, it's not healthy. So I want to encourage you to take a vacation with your family. I'm going, to, I'm going to exercise at least twice a week. Probably going to need some accountability on this one. But I'm going to exercise twice a week because I, I want to be healthy. And I'm going to be faithful in tithing. I already kind of touched on this. Some of you were challenged in the generosity challenge, right, back in September. I don't know where that is. That's between you and God. But I'm going to tithe this year. No questions asked. My kids know it. I teach them to do it with their money they make. And then I'm going to serve in the community, and I'm going to serve at church. I had an opportunity just um, two weeks ago, I guess, with my son to go over to Coldwater, the ministry here in, in Lee Summit, that ministers to those in need, and gives food and clothing to, to people who are uh, in need in our community. And I got a chance to kind of go table to table. They'll, they'll feed them a meal. And then I get a chance to go table to table and, and pick up their, their plates and, and get a chance to talk to them and pray with them. And I stopped with this, at this one lady's table, and I just said, hey, what can I pray for you about? She's like, yeah, would you please pray for my son? I said, what's going on? She said, he's in prison. I said, man. She said, and my, my granddaughter's in foster care. And she started crying because it was close to Christmas, and she was brokenhearted. And I got a chance to pray with her, and I've been lifting up her name and asking God to work in their life. And, and I just thought, man, I need to do that more often. I want to be in the community. I believe we need to be in the community as often as we can to love on people and to point them towards the hope of Christ. 
And so these are the things that I believe I need to, to do in order to have a, a stronger and more courageous year in 2018. What are yours? I left some space there for you. You may have them filled out by now. If not, I hope you take it home and think about it. My wife texts me in between the services and just said, hey, I'm looking forward to doing this SWAT as a family tonight. I think that's going to be a good thing. I'm not sure. But we're going we're to do this tonight as a family just to kind of talk through some things. So what are yours? And so as we, as, we, as we look towards the end of Joshua's life, right, he, he'd witnessed God work in some amazing ways. He'd witnessed God crumble the walls of Jericho. Can you imagine seeing that? He'd witnessed God cause the sun to stand still in the sky in order to give them more time to defeat their enemies. He'd experienced that every time he would pause and say, God, lead us. God would give them direction and God would lead them. He got to experience that firsthand and God would give them success in their mission. And so Joshua had lived this, this life of commitment to the Lord and God never failed him. He'd lived this life of commitment to the Lord and God never left him. He'd lived this life at times when he'd be afraid and God would give him strength. He lived this life where at times he didn't know what to do and God would give him the answers of what to do. He would give him the courage. And so God led him. And Joshua lived a life of commitment to the Lord. God never failed him, never left him. And with that life experience, listen to the words of Joshua towards the end of his life. It's Joshua twenty four fifteen. It says, but if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your ancestors who they served beyond the Euphrates, the gods of, your, of the Amorites in whose land you are living, but as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. I love it. He'd lived this whole life committed to the Lord, and then he at the end of it says, you can choose who you're going to serve, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Some of you may have this as a, a, a plaque on your wall at home. Is it a decoration or a declaration? You might have this on your wall at home. As for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Is it a decoration or a declaration? I had the opportunity to have breakfast with a young man recently and I just challenged him with Joshua in my heart and Joshua uh, in, in my thoughts. I just, I told him, I said, do you realize you have the opportunity to stand up and do something great for God? There's not many young men who are willing to say, I'll be used by God. I'll live for him. I'll be committed to him. Whatever it takes, I'll do it. I said, I promise you that if you will do that, God will take care of you all the days of your life without question. I said it doesn't mean everything will be easy. It doesn't mean you won't ever have challenges. But I just, if you will choose to live for him, if you'll choose to be committed for him, he'll take care of you. Had a conversation with one of the men of our church in the last few weeks, and he told me, he said 2017 was his best year ever spiritually, hands down. He's in his 50s, and he said, it was the strongest year I've ever had spiritually. Will you be able to say the same thing at the end of 2018? Will you be able to say at the end of 2018, this has been the strongest year ever for me? I pray that it is, and I want to pray with you now that it is. Let's pray.